Hello and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience. And now here's Sherry. So today I am welcoming Colombe Vium. Yes, almost, almost. <laughs> um, and you were with the current cast of the Lido that has just freshly come back on that stage. What, maybe three shows, four shows that you guys have been able to do so far? Exactly. We've done uh, last Thursday, Friday and Saturday. So we had our reopening weekend, just three shows done. And we were very excited about reopening. And the audience was full for those three days. This felt, this felt amazing. <sighs> That's when I talked to Leah and Savannah, they were talking about it being full and I'm like, oh my gosh, just to come back, not like with less of an audience or yeah, to get to open fully with the excitement that feels like if all this, all the waiting you've had to do, I'm so glad that it got to be a big, energetic, supportive, wonderful audience for you guys. It was great. I felt like we, we all needed that after a year and a half and uh, the energy coming from the audience, I think also because Often there's people from, um, from our world, from the dance world, that the energy was uh, very supportive and amazing. Definitely a good time. And it was, I don't know if I got the answer when I asked Leah Savannah, was it a lot of people that are just French that just support the Lido because it is part of the, the French culture? Or was it, did you have tourists or was it just a mix? Or do you even know who was out there? Because you said friends and people that you already yeah, know. Yeah. Say, um, we had our general rehearsal on Wednesday, so this time was just friends and family, which was great. And I think Lido then did an amazing job on Thursday, Friday, Saturday to have some VIPs, um, including some influencers, people from YouTube in, in the French community that have, uh, well, quite some viewing. And I think that could be a good, uh, good support and good publicity for the Lido. So mostly VIPs, people from the TV, um, from shows and um, yeah so I think it was a mix of people we know people from the dance world obviously friends from Moulin Rouge or other other cabarets coming to cheer us up and also a lot of personalities so a good a good mix of uh, for, for a good audience and the the Moulin Rouge opened the weekend before you right were you able yeah. to see theirs or were you guys in rehearsals or, we were in so I didn't get the chance to go, but I think they're also opening now one more th- one more day than we are on Sundays. So I think we'll have the chance to, to come and hear them as well. Well, that'd be fun for them to have you there, but also for you to get to see a show because you're getting you're in the show, but you don't get to see the magic of what it is like for the audience to finally get to have live theater and live production. And I think the importance of just all the sparkle and glamour feels important too, after this year and a half that we've had where life has been Netflix and people need it. Requ- I, I feel even friends that have been interested, they're absolutely non-dancers, but I feel like now they, they've got the, the urge to go out and party. And it's for all the arts, seeing dance shows, theaters, it's just the going out was missing so much that there's a new excitement about going out and, and also supporting, I guess, French culture. And for us, yeah. the, the lifestyle that is cabarets in Paris, without the tourists, we need the French, we need the Parisian to come out and, uh, yeah. and be supportive. So I'm going to come there. I was going to try to do November, but now I'm going to wait until spring. 
but I know like people are like want to travel a little hesitant, like what the rules are, but if you have your own French culture supporting you that know how important it is, that's a wonderful way to start it out. And then all of us tourists will finally get over there. Exactly. Little by so, little, but I think uh, the state, the French, the French government has been great helping us uh, throughout this period. We're ve very lucky for this to have um, such an important part of, yeah, of our culture is, um, is uh, de dedicated toward, towards the arts and, and we felt very supported, I think. That is so good because I, I know a lot of artists around the world didn't have, like in America, there wasn't hardly anything. It's interesting that Broadway in New York just opened the same weekend that you guys did. And I think the people over here that, that Broadway, you know, means something. If there's no Broadway, like that's, you go to New York to see shows. There's so many exactly. other things, but it is like, that's part of the culture of America, but especially New York. There's something in like for France, but also Paris especially like I want to go to Paris. I want to eat good food. I want to go see a wonderful cabaret show. I'll see the Eif Eiffel Tower, but my first journey I'm going to do is to right, go right to the show, but that's also <laughs> being, you know, <laughs> yeah, go right to the leader. So I wanted, uh, I reached out to Hillary. She's been amazing at helping me find guests because she's like, oh, you should talk to this person or this person. And I said, I wanted to talk to someone new in the show. And so she um, connected us because your perspective is different than those who've been there for a long time because you had just gotten into the show. But before we do that, how about if we go back a little bit and talk about, because you, you grew up in France, so that's also a wonderful perspective. I don't think, I've interviewed Julie Bruyer, so it was interesting talking to someone, another French dancer, because you know, like, it's interesting to come, Paris is your target because you've always heard about Paris or you've held it up you know, as this wonderful cabaret. But if you grew up there, I'm just curious, if you had any influence of that or what your dance training was like, if that was something you figured one day I'm going to work there or like, you know, some people have no idea that that's even an option as a dancer. Ah, oh, true. I see. Well, I think I did things a bit differently. So I was uh, born in Paris and I would say most of my years I spent in Paris. We did travel a bit for uh, my dad's work. So I actually started dancing in, uh, in Russia, in Moscow. We lived in Russia for... For, for three years when I was a kid. Yeah. So, so that this is when I started ballet from, I think the age from six till eight. And then when we came back to Paris, um, I did the full on um, ballet training. So this was my main, um, my main focus. And I studied in the National Conservatory in Paris uh, throughout the whole high school. And I graduated quite early, I think at 18 or 19. And at that moment, I really loved Paris but I thought okay I want to go and travel and in the back of my mind I knew that Paris is where I've grown up uh, my sister lives here I've got friends but I really wanted to travel so for some people Paris might be like <laughs> the beginning of the journey and yeah. for me, for the last um, yeah for the last couple of years so first I um, I dance in in ballet companies in France and in Germany and after a couple of years, I started cruising. So I went on um, German cruise ships, very fancy German cruise ship and uh, got the chance to travel the world. And I think this is where I started actually to do cabarets, going from the ballet world to the cabaret world and more musical theater as you can find on, on, the, on cruise ships. And when I came back to, to France, I first started to work uh, in, in different cabarets in, in France. Uh, one in La Rochelle, one in Aix-les-Bains. People 
don't often know, but there's a lot of smaller cabarets all around France and they have great success. They usually just work with um, well, people in the environment, um, also the elderly that might be living around. I do understand that not everyone has the chance to go to Paris, especially if you're maybe a bit older and sometimes they're just doing you know, daily trips. Uh, they would come for uh, a lunch show. They would arrive at 12 and we would do the show at two. And I think this was a very different setup. Um, and sometimes we'll just be working weekends, sometimes like from Thursday to Sunday. And I really did enjoy my time because I felt like it was, it was just great to learn uh, cabarets with this ups and down and the traveling. And it's not big structures like, uh, like the big cabarets we have in Paris. So I think it was a, a very good training. And after a couple of years, also just doing some freelancing and working with the different um, companies in Paris. I started at La Nouvelle Eve in 2019 and did the full season with them. And at the end of the Nouvelle Eve season, I auditioned for Lido and this is, uh, this is when I got the chance to join Paris Merle, which was early 2020. Just before we close for, for COVID. It's, I watched some, there was something I was watching on a movie the other day and they were ringing in the new year for 2020. Like this is going to be the best year ever. And now to watch that with the perspective of what we know 2020 brought, it's like, wow, 2020 is this time that all these things are going to move forward. We went to the screeching halt. So now even when you say 2020, we all go, oh, <laughs> you started at the beginning of 2020, when we all know like what happens in March and, and it must've been, you're there, it's so exciting. This is this fresh new thing for you to get to do. And you did it for such a short amount of time. And I know I we were- lucky. I do feel lucky that I've done those three months because I feel like I wouldn't be there back at Lido now a year and a half after if I didn't, if I haven't started in, in January. Um, to be called, I don't know how things are going to unfold with Lido, but I think now they're staying with their main cast and the swing uh, replacement that, that are coming in and out from time to time. Uh, but I think the re recruiting process um, of hiring new people and having new, uh, new dancers joining the cast will have to wait for 2022 at least, I think, because they also need uh, the show to settle down, tourists to come. So yeah. I do feel very lucky uh, to have started in 2020. And, and I guess to be French, I thought about that as well, because um, at the moment when we are just working three days a week, I think it's um, simpler to have uh, Parisian or people that are living in Paris rather than have dancers coming from all over the world just to offer them a three, three days a week contract, which is a bit complicated, especially with the... COVID at the moment, so. And not knowing how things are going to go. Yes. And France is doing, I've heard their vaccination rate's pretty high and they're very strict about who gets to come into the show because exactly. that makes me happy. If I'm going to travel, I want to know I'm going into a crowded theater that, it, that they're actually taking the precautions. But maybe that is encouraging people to get bold and get out and see the shows where, you know, the places so. that aren't taking it serious. I'm like, I don't want to be in a crowd of people that are like... <laughs> I was surprised. No. We have we do have a reputation of French people being a bit like um complaining all the time, <laughs> as you may know. <laughs> I've been hearing Sorry. that recently. But you should see America. We've got it. We're yeah. Don't tell us what to do is our <laughs> attitude. 
<laughs> don't tell us what to do. I think uh, friends been been great and Lido has been great. They were very serious about us rehearsing um, for the full time of rehearsal. We were wearing masks, um, rather we were fully vaccinated or not yet. But even if we were fully vaccinated, just to, I think we wanted to open so much that we didn't want to take any risks. So it was hard to rehearse with the mask um, and also feeling very different in terms of interpretation. But when we started to do uh, dress rehearsals with makeup and costumes and we took the mask off, we were like, oh, okay, this is, this is coming. We're just a couple of, couple of days away from the premiere and uh, people were yeah, very reasonable for this. And at the moment, nobody can enter theaters or um, just big events like this without, uh, without having everything controlled. So. For once, mm. the French are doing it the, the <laughs> Which makes me happy for you because I want to make, you know, we want you guys to be safe. But um, also, I got my going backward. I was really curious about the cabarets because there's a lot of us older dancers that were Bluebell dancers that kind of only know of the Moulin Rouge and the Lido that are still in existence. And then I know some people knew about Germany, but the more people I interview from your generation, I'm finding out like, oh no, there's Germany, Spain. And then I uh, interviewed uh, Kate Matthews and found out she's doing a cabaret in, in um, Bordeaux. Yeah, Bordeaux. And I was, I didn't know those were happening. So when I come in March or whenever I'm coming, I want to see all those because I'm just so happy yes. that they're there. Like it didn't go away. It just the big scale one went away, but it's been going this whole time, right? That the cabarets have existed in France, even when the bigger shows were around the rest of the world, like all the Bluebell shows have gone away in Vegas and Exactly. There's still the cruise ship world, but I, I'm really happy to hear that, that there was that. I mean, it's great for the dancers, but it's also wonderful. Would, it means it's, it's important in France. It's important in France. And I would say that around every a big major city, rather it's Marseille, Bordeaux, Lyon, um, uh, or Nantes, like around every big major city, there will most likely be a cabaret. I don't know how many there is in France, but... Oh, the top of my head, I would say at least 20. I think it's it's huge. And usually those people are not on a six days a week contract. Like I said, we will mostly work weekends. And then we've got the statue intermittent, the artist status uh, that's helping us um, th throughout the rest of the time. And it's crazy because those structures often would change their shows like every year or every two years. Um, and they do have the means to pull out some great shows, obviously smaller companies, sometimes with just um, 10 dancers or sometimes even six or eight, but with a couple of attractions, a singer or a magician. But there's a very family vibe about those places, I guess because we're a very, very few on stage and we just gather a couple of, uh, couple of days a week, but I did really enjoy this time. One place in particular is uh, called Cabaret Paradise. It's in Aix-les-Bains, so in the French Alps. Very small place. And um, I had the best time with the, with the director, with uh, Eric, and he's got a vision. He's got his costumes, he's got everything. And you, every year when, he, when the, the show changes, I'm, I'm amazed by all the work he does by himself or with a couple of, with a couple of people. And I guess from one cabaret to the other, then it's very, very different. And I think it's great because like I said, not everyone can come to Paris. So 
it stays accessible for people that might be one hour or two hours drive away and to have this this French culture of the cabaret everywhere. Yes. That's so exciting because I, I interviewed somebody in Las Vegas where all the shows are in Vegas, but they've gone away. But there's a friend I worked with who is actually doing it on the outskirts of Vegas because those people that live around there, they don't want to drive in mm-hmm. to the strip with all the craziness and the traffic. So they're bringing it out to them, which is great because they get to see the things that, you know, unless you want to really make that trek into Paris, they, I, that they still get to experience. And I'm loving it for you too. That's your, that was your in, entry into cabaret world where it's, because when you do a big show, you do the sh- same show every night and it mixes up a lot because if yes. you swing, but, but to, to get your training in the small one too, because there's a very different feel of a small cast and an intimate cabaret that I love I when think. dancers want to do both and get to do both because it's a really different experience as a performer, like when they're right there, what you're giving and also what it's like to be on those big stages and, and have that experience. It's, you've gotten to do the best of both worlds. I'm very happy about this. I feel like for me, um, well, I've always said I wanted to work at Lido, and but I felt it was more something I would rather do later on than at the start. And so I also feel that like I'm very grateful to be there now. And I see how it, it is different in big structures. We have dresses, we have people helping us out. This is so not the case when you're in smaller structures. But we also do learn a lot about, okay, I've got a hole in my tight. I'm going to learn to sew it myself or just pick some things up. And I felt that it's great to be in in a big structure like Lido with uh, all the helps and and the means that they have. But I think it was very, how do you say, uh, a very good learning process to be in smaller places where, where we also have to um, help out sometimes in in fields that are not our fields about um, okay well maybe for this number I'm the one opening and closing the curtain because everyone's already on stage or uh, there's a problem with the costume so I don't know how to sew but I'm just going to try and have a go at it because so it was it was great to be to be in those places too so I think from the cruise ship world to smaller cabarets to a big cabaret like Lido um, I've seen quite different, um, quite different ways of working, and yeah. very for that. On the cruise ship, where where was the port that you? Where did you guys uh, sail out of? We um, so I was on the MS Deutschland and then the MS Europa, who are both uh, German companies. They are very smaller ships, um, not the big big ones. Uh, so they do go everywhere. We sail from Hamburg in Germany, and then we just went everywhere. I think my first contrast was six months and we, we did the Norwegian fjords uh, all the way to Russia, then all the Mediterranean, uh, Spain, Italy, uh, the Greek islands. We did a tour of the Black Sea and then went back to Beirut, north, north of Africa, went through the Suez Canal, which I know that, that not all of the cruise ships can. Yeah, the big ones can't even. Can. I... So we, we have, I've had a, a very nice time, nice time also on uh, on this ship because I felt like the same. It was uh, not a big one, a small company, and uh, we did we did uh, travel a lot and uh, had a great time and great shows. So. That's a great. I mean, you're doing a. I mean, you did a ballet company that's very serious, and then just in your younger years, your twenties, just to get to travel, 
Because yes, exactly. a lot of people, Paris is a destination. And like, if you already grew up there, it's so great that you got to go out and see things and then come back and have like the best opportunity right there in your home city. I have a, exactly. like, what was the show like? Was it a review? Was it a on show the, girl or Broadway-ish? On the ship, yeah. we had a, um, uh, we had a cabaret show, musical show, and what they called the around the world show. So it was very much cabaret, and I would say musical uh, oriented, um, and uh, with very nice, very nice costumes. Uh, we would do um, three different shows. I think yeah, this this was it um, around the world, a very cabaret, shiny, glittery feather one, and a more musical oriented one with more jazz and tap taps and so it was uh, it was very interesting and I think to start um, in well to start dancing in hills because this is actually the time I started to dance in hills it was a it was a great place to start I was 22 23 I think by then and I had um, all the girls with me who were great just showing me how to bevel and just uh, <laughs> adapt <laughs> from the ballet world to, to the showgirl world, yes. So I love, like Miss Bluebell wanted ballet dancers, this is how they're pulling, but it is hard to, if you've been turned out, like I've talked to Alexander, like, you know, your legs go this way, but if you've always stood with your legs turned out and your hips turned out, yeah, that doesn't look so pretty in a G-string with fishnets, but you also, once you get it, how you know how to pull up and use your leg. It's so beautiful on ballet train but not right at first when you put, put them in not heels. Right and... <laughs> I'm, seeing, I'm seeing old videos from the ship and I can see <laughs> I've evolved and now that my bevel is very different from when I started. But obviously, like you said, if you're ballet trained and then, then we know how to shape um, our bodies and, and place ourselves to, to look, uh, to look showgirly in heels. <laughs> There's people that I will share their photos when I share their episode and, and a lot of us will, like, I look at some of mine, I took so many pictures in the beginning, but I didn't take that many at the end. Mm-hmm. So I look at the pictures, I'm like, oh, I hadn't really got my makeup very good yet. Like, so it's like the blue eyeshadow, like I hadn't got my makeup down and I'm standing like, oh, I would never have stood like that after a few months into the show. But I have all my photos when I was so excited about the costumes and I'm like, I wish I'd done pictures when I actually had that more refined and been a little prouder of how I was standing. But I look at the make the eyelashes were usually like straight out to you learn how to like lift them or there's a whole art to that. It is kind of funny when you see people's pictures, like, okay, they've been doing this for a while. They've, they've got, cause all that's part of the, the show thing is how to do your makeup, how to, how to pose, how to even do photos. Like you, you learn that on the job, but at first it's like, I'm just in a show. <laughs> that, that's very true. Yes. This, but I, I do understand that even just now it's the same costumes we've had for Paris Merveille, but we were so excited to reopen. We've, we've taken a lot of pictures even though we do have for some of us who haven't worn them um, new costumes with the, the new tableau, the yeah. unforgettable one, Inoubliable, that's been uh, added to the show. And this is very exciting for me to be able to wear um, costumes that were worn from for, throughout the years uh, by former Bluebells. That's very exciting, yes. I'm so excited to come see the show because I saw it two years ago for the Bluebell reunion. Mm-hmm. Love the show. And then I'll watch videos. Like I started researching on YouTube and there's things I had seen before with the, the pink powder puff, the puffy one. That's adorable. But then there's things like I've seen the, the ear cast. I've seen Leo wear pictures before this or pictures mm-hmm. of costumes. Like, wait, I didn't remember that in the show. And like that they are bringing them back, which means they've been preserved well. 
But for the older generation, they get, it's so exciting to go, I wore that costume. Or I remember seeing that in the show. So you guys get to do the best of both. You get this wonderful new recreation of of the modernization of it, but also bringing back that iconic, you know, kind of Don Arden look. You're getting to live both. It's just a a little bubble of the best uh, from the last, I think, 40 years, because I think uh, Panache was in the 70s. So They've just taken the costumes and the, the dresses have done uh, have done a great job. I think it was uh, a lot of work and maybe even more with um, with the amount of uh, time we we've stayed closed just to get all the costumes and feathers um, back back for for the stage and with the dust with everything that that's I don't even know how it was for a year and a half, but we, when we came back we thought okay, there's going to be a lot of work for us to train, but also for people in the technique, for the dressers, for everyone, just to get the show and uh, get the sparkly little back action. That's, yeah, there's a lot a lot of work, because even like feathers don't always age well. So just, oh yeah, like the, the costumes have to be polished up. And someone even said like, who knows if the dancers' bodies are the same after a year and a half. There may have to be some little adjustments and hooks and things. <laughs> We definitely, uh, we, I think uh, we all did a great job uh, staying the best in shape we could. Um, it was tough. I'm not going to lie. Uh, for me, no, not last summer, obviously, because um, I feel like we didn't know where, like for how long we were going to be closed. And there was rumors of uh, the Lido reopening in September 2020, which would have only, only been six months of uh, being closed. So the summer was not the toughest, but during winter, uh, I found it hard to stay motivated uh, just because we didn't have any, any perspective. Like, mm. okay, when are we reopening? In March, this summer, uh, next, next winter. And like I said, for dancers, a year in our, in our careers it is so long and we don't have that much time on stage. So it was tough during the winter. And then I think when spring came along, the, the sunny days came back and I thought, okay, let's get back into it. And, uh, and hopefully if, um, if Lido calls me back and, uh, and they need me, I will, be, uh, I will be ready. And this was the case. So I think... Uh, what did you do to keep yourself? Because a lot of people, if they live in small apartments, like there's not a lot of room. What did you do to keep yourself in shape physically, but also mentally and emotionally? Because it takes its toll when you think it's going to come. No, it's not. Or maybe this never will. Like there's, there's a lot of factors of being a healthy dancer, not just that your muscles are in good shape. Um, well, physically, um, the only thing I could do because um, the gyms were still closed, but I did have the chance to, to go to the pool. I've been loving swimming. And for some people with um, a medical certificate, we could go to the pools. And I think this is what, I, <laughs> this is what kept me mentally sane, just to yeah. have the possibility to exercise. I usually also swim even during uh, normal uh, normal times when when I have work and I'm dancing because I feel it's such a great um, great exercise for us as dancers. So this was my main uh, my main focus because it was also the only place um, I could go. And for the rest, well, I have to say I tried to to do some different things. 
which were, which were very different from the dance world. I did a lot of babysitting, which is definitely not uh, my main focus, but it was just when we were confined at home, just to have the possibility to go out and pick up kids and be in a different environment. And also feeling that what I was doing made sense because for us to be on stage, this is what we're there for. Just for me, it's to tell a story, to have a purpose. People are coming in, they wanna have a good time and we're just giving them the, the good time. And when, when this was taken away, it's hard just to think, okay, now, what can I do and what will make an impact on people's lives, even though it's not dancing and maybe not taking them through a glamorous time on stage. And this also made me question about when my dance career will be over. I think this time during COVID, because now I was realizing, I was like, oh, this is such a part of me and my personality. I guess this is the kind of feel, feeling uh, some dancers might feel when, when they're ending their careers. And there's the next part where you don't have this adrenaline from the stage and this love from the stage. And for me, it was all about how to make an impact, even though it was not through dancing. And well, I hope I had a very good time with the kids and I'm still seeing them now. So I think uh, I made good friends with the parents and the family. And it was it it was great just to do something, uh, even if it was not uh, in the dance world and in the show showgirl world. Okay, no, like pausing. That's really beautiful because mm -hmm. it is like if your worth is as a dancer when you don't when you're no longer a dancer. People, a lot of dancers feel worthless. Like, yes. what do I, what do I do? This is what I because we focus so hard or in those twenties because you're got to get your next job and you're getting approval. You're getting paid. It's wonderful, but then even when you know it might be ending, it gets scary. And some people don't prepare, and I think some people grieve before it even comes. But it's like, if I'm not a dancer, who am I? And like you, and also you, you got to experience like joy and love and like uh, you're participating in society. And I'm thinking for those parents, you must've been like a godsend, like somebody who's take, cause they need help for what they're doing. Cause a lot of parents were really struggling, like trying to teach from home and work from home. So what you're offering, but it's, it just adds another layer, I think, to your beauty. Because oh, it you. is in interesting of our identity. If, if we're not a dancer, who am I? But you find these other fast. I want to say swimming. Like I lived close to a lake that I can wash to. It's a spring fed lake. So you can, it's like bubbles. So it's like very fresh. Oh, nice. So getting, I liked it before COVID, but with the two summers of COVID, it's what I looked forward to. Yes. Every time I could get away, I would go swimming. And it was like, it was exercise, but it also felt like therapy. I almost was meditating when I swam and I don't think I've experienced the same as with COVID to appreciate it. So now when the, when it's getting cold, I'm like, I have to find a way. What's my next mental health thing? Cause when it gets dark and dreary and I can't be outside in the sun, cause a lot of us, I think, okay, outside is good. But when you go in, like, what do I do to feel like I'm contributing in some way? Or like, I just maybe want to take a nap till this is all over. Cause I think that it's hard to figure out what do I do with myself if I don't know just hang in there. It's only this long. You can do it this long, but we had no timeline to go. Here's, here's how much I can gauge it and prepare myself. But I think um, even though it was tough, now I'm going to think about the next uh, couple of years differently. And I might start um, working on my next project when I'll be finished dancing. And I think I will, even if it's not um, all settled down already, but just to 
keep my eyes open and start to think about it because the feeling of not being on stage and having this taken taken away like you like you said if i'm not a dancer who am i um now i felt like i was a bit prepared for it and for the next part of my life and i think we don't talk about it enough maybe for dancers some people know what they want to do after some some don't and when when we have the chance to work for what's been our passion for since we were kids i think it's very tough to reinvent ourselves and like i said for me it's all about being in contact with people and making an impact i guess there's many different many different jobs and opportunities maybe absolutely not dance related that might interest me and i think at least throughout this all uh, the this all the this all confinement period the silver lightning will be okay i was not prepared for feeling this way and this can be a, a good heads up for what will come maybe in the the next 10 years but still just to just to start thinking about it and be prepared. There's like, I've heard France does a great job with, and with um, entertainers and artists, like a, a, what they call it? It's like a trans, it's like an off ramp is the word, but something to help prepare them and transition what's next because that you don't want a bunch of artists depressed and out of work that aren't contributing. So if you're looking at it, like, you know, what contributes to, to society, but also, um, how to prepare. Cause I, I did talk to quite a few people from the, the, the current show that were like, like LaMichael making a clothing line and the things he was doing. And some people were like, just ran with it. And some people, like, I think it almost was scary. Like, I don't, I don't have anything. Um, there was a thing I had done a long time ago, kind of about your essence. And it changed it for me because it is when I wasn't teaching where I was teaching for a long time, I, I, I had kind of an identity crisis, but I realized too much of myself was wrapped up in my career but it was like, what is that thing underneath it? Like, for me, it's always about community. Community has been the main thing. And dance was kind of the thing that created. So for my dance studio, when I was in shows, I was the one always putting parties together. Like, let's theme parties. Let's do like a, what do we do? Like smoking jacket lingerie party. I was always the one. Like when I look at my scrapbook and so I go, oh, that's part of why this is fun. It's not just a show, but I love bring community to some people like I want to bring beauty or like I think it is what's the underlying thing that when you're no longer a dancer is still why you were attracted to it and yes. I, I think that helps so afterwards like well if I'm not dancing I still will do this if when if I'm going to be in an old folks home I will probably be putting on talent shows <laughs> like, I'll probably be not just for the dance but because it brings people together for the rehearsal process some people don't like the rehearsal process some people like just get me on stage and I love talking to cast members, like, I love the rehearsal process, or I love swinging. Like, there's things that it's not just a show. Like, there's something that, like, everybody's personality is so different. So if you're only a dancer, as the cliche, that's really hard to end because you don't have an identity out that's actually your, your individual. So even just how you found your way through COVID. Yeah, no, no, like, like I said, I, I, yeah, now I, I know mean, this is the thing. Obviously, I didn't think uh, about that, but now when you say it, obviously the, we were missing our community. It's all about all the interactions and and just now, just to start to there's birthdays in the cast, and we will go out and we have this um, this very unique energy, uh, all of us together. And when you're confined in your apartment alone, it's not just colleagues we were missing. Definitely, it's friends and. And all the, the life 
uh, around uh, the Lido and and the show the showgirl life. So yes, definitely. Uh, that was one thing when I was done dancing. It was hard because you come to work and it's the time backstage putting your makeup on and, and seeing your man, all the conversation that happens and it's what you feel on stage together or going out after. But yeah, it's like not all work environments are like that. So I needed to find something because some people don't want that. Like, let me just do my job. Like some people love COVID, like they can stay home. They can not have to interact with people. And I actually found I'm more of an introvert than I knew. So I've gotten where I like being home, but I like doing these interviews because I'm going to connect with you in Paris. And it feels like we have, something in common of that love for, for dance and all that. So I found like communities everywhere. You just, it's a, we're very creative in how we find it. And so if that's what it is that feeds you, like what I also love is the interviews I've done with people who are still connected to their Bluebell family. There's ladies my age and older that still have friends that they made in the show. So that gave me hope too. And I think for younger people, like, yeah, you're wherever you spread out, it's hard because you're not going to be in the same lodge together. But when you travel, you have friends everywhere that you can visit and like not a people can't do that like I'm going to be in Germany I have 17 friends I could visit or I, I have a reason to go to France and see these people and they're going to let me stay with them so I, I think it um it's so tiny backstage of that community but when then you guys spread you have that that community everywhere which is so unusual people everywhere in the world but it's also true about I thought about this as being French and obviously living here and being brought brought up here um i've got my family i've got my friends and i think this was very important uh during uh, this covid time and confinements but i really thought about some of the girls um from my cast who stayed there and were in france for those who didn't go back and so many of us went back went back home went to parents house and I really wondered how they felt because like you said, your community and now maybe you used to hang out with the five or 10 people and now there were just one or two just because everybody was spread out. And I think it was tough for some of the foreigners who stayed just because on top of the loneliness of being confined at home, um, people just, yeah, tried to try to find the be best place to, to confine, which was, uh, <laughs> which was much needed, but um, I did feel lucky to have friends and family outside of the, the dance world uh, in Paris because, um, yeah, everyone went home to Australia, to England uh, mostly. So I think it was, uh, it was tough for, for those who were alone uh, from, our, from our Lido family. Yeah, that's, the, that's all the real stories that are like, yeah, these are, these are the people that are on stage giving so much. There's so much beauty, but like just to think of what artists have been through, because I know other countries is maybe not as celebrated as there. And I don't know how it feels in France too, but you know, there was some campaign that I think it was England of Fatima. They were like, just well, artists are now going to go do other jobs. Like it's kind of just like, go do something else and like rip my heart out. Like it just, it is so sad to see how the things getting us through COVID was like movies and books and anything that's the arts but we're watching old you know reruns is the same as something new but it, it was like it was minimized in in a lot of um cultures that that you know just go do something else get another job and it was it's heartbreaking because we need the arts non-artists need the arts and artists need it and so it, it's interesting i don't know how that feels in france if it i know you guys were taken care of which is unusual because a lot of people here were like i'm on unemployment and i have to go you know look for work and something that I've never trained in or 
no, I felt um, that we were very lucky in France. So for those who are not um, on long-term contracts, uh, like I was actually, so on this artist status that we have in France, uh, we were supported by the government as they extended our rights to, even though we didn't um, meet the criteria, I guess in 2020 and even in 2021. So um, I think all in all, they might have extended for a year or a year and a half, depending on, because everybody normally ha have a different time um, of when their status is renewed. But now they've, they've done the, ma the maximum that I think they could to help us out. And just thinking, okay, well, the truth is theaters were closed for months on ends. So it would have been unrealistic to ask for us to have done the hours we're supposed to do uh, with everything closed, but at the same time, some countries will just be, okay, you guys, well, you're unemployed, you have nothing, and like you said, find another work. So for this, and especially when I worked in Germany, I, I saw how it was, and um, Germany and France are very similar in terms of how they work, but they don't have the special status, artist status that we have here in France that is uh, basically unemployment money for the months that we were not on stage. And even though uh, we do want to be back on stage, we still have to, to pay rent and food and mm -hmm. leave. So I do feel like France was, uh, was great. I don't know how it's gonna, are gonna be um, starting because now this, um, our extended rights will be finished uh, on 1st of January, 2022. But now things are starting to get back to normal. So hopefully, I hope uh, all the artists that were a bit um, struggling with this situation and, um, and just having to work because normally, uh, I said, I've been freelancing and not on a long-term contract for years and I never yeah. had problem just getting one job after the other or just a couple of uh, regular gigs here and there. And now there was just months on end, we were just like, oh, I've got one gig in, in six months, but otherwise, other than that. So I think now everything's starting. I could see that also like there's more audition coming up, uh, even for different shows. Uh, theaters are reopening also for, so for all the artists that are doing live performances, um, I hope everything will just come back and uh, tourists will come, will come back as well. And, Hopefully by January, we will be close to what was normal life in Paris in terms of shows and, um, and uh, opening days also, because this is also something a bit different, uh, even for Lido, just to be open uh, uh, three days a week. Yeah. Very, very new, very different. So, yeah. But and we I wonder were, how... We were very lucky, I think. Uh, and I wonder how many are watching, like, let's see how the Mulan and the Lido does does before we decide to open because and it was a while back that the crazy horse opened and I think it was kind of follow suit that others were maybe it was when you said September and then they closed I think within a few weeks so exactly. that's a lot of time and energy and heart to put into it to have it closed so like okay we're gonna do this we want to have a lot more assurance that this isn't gonna be like okay everybody go back to your home country again because I don't think that can work like send everybody back to Australia or everywhere else it has to really exactly. feel like it's gonna work so let's talk about your to have everyone back for a couple of weeks for like a month of rehearsals and not and then not reopen, it would have been 
heart crushing. And this is yeah, actually what happened, I think, uh, last September, a year, a year ago for Crazy Horse. I think they opened for two weeks and then it was the second confinement. <sighs> and I must have been really frustrated, frustrating. It's a hard thing for the heart to do, like, I hope, because then you could just get where I don't want to hope anymore because it's too hard to, like, get my expectations up. So when I heard you're opening, I'm like, I was back here going, come on, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. So when we actually opened, Hillary and Alexandra and Savannah sent me a video from backstage and I was like, I cried. I was like, it's happened. It actually really happened because even though, it, you know, it's just we've been so used to that this last few years of like, we're getting better. Oh, crap. Now it's worse than ever. And so it's really hard to to like, I'm going to put everything into this because, I mean, there might have been people like, let's just wait and see how it goes. And then I'll see about coming back because that's a I'm glad that you're in France too, because you're you're there. Either way it goes, I am there. But I I do I do feel what you're saying. This just like, can I get my excitement up, or is it going to be shut down very quick? And we had so much energy and so much adrenaline. Even after this weekend, I think it came down because we were like, oh, we actually did it, and we we were not sure. I mean, at the moment, the situation in in France is. Um, it's fine. But like you said, we got our, our hopes ups and down for a year and a half, but ah, we might reopen. I know we're not. Some stuff might happen. Ah, in the end, we're not. So so now it felt really real when we were on stage. It was like, oh, there's a full audience. And when the curtain opened and we uh -huh. saw the full audience, I think for me, I was more emotional um, when we reopened now um, than when I actually did my first show uh, as a bluebell and this says a lot I was so excited to be on the Lido stage be a blue bluebell go down the stairs I had this in my mind for years and I really enjoyed it when I did it but now it even felt more special after in a year, a year and a half to have this taken away and well personally I got very emotional after the first show um, and wow. um, yeah just because when we finished the last movement at, at the end of the finale with the people cheering and I was like, oh, we're actually back. And I definitely felt more, more emotions than when, when it was back in 2020 for my opening wow. night. That gives me chills because mm -hmm. I think it might've taken a while for you to re really acknowledge that it was really happening. Because yes. there's all the adrenaline and all the rehearsals leading up. But, but I asked Leah and, and Savannah that, like, did you actually feel like you got to be present because like when that music starts like you have to think what you're doing but I think there's moments where you get to go I'm really here I, I had well I think it was in opening and finale in both uh, both ones I, at one moment we're just doing a Porter Brown stage and the the lights were on me and I thought oh I'm there the audience is there it's happening and I had it both times throughout the opening and the finale just in um in um in a moment a bit quieter where we're just doing pour the brass and I had time to think about something else and I was like okay we're there people are there oh. is there and it felt great and like I said I didn't I didn't expect to be um that emotional I thought I was like oh it can't be more emotional than your first time ever on the Lido stage but it definitely was because yeah because I do hope well this is how I feel that. I feel very lucky to be on this beautiful stage. And I already felt very lucky before. 
but after a year and a half of waiting, we even feel even more lucky if, if that's possible just to, to be there and, and share this moment with the audience. I'm so glad you got to experience that because sometimes you can just get off the stage and go, did I do that? Because you're thinking so fast. I, we have a show every year for my studio and I always give the same lecture. Like we get a little circle before because it's always a new show. It's like hip hop and jazz. It's just, it's our big showcase. But I always say, and I think it comes back to those days, like make sure you take moments on stage to pause and realize that you're there because you can be like doing your fast changes and you get done and go, did I do that? I don't remember. I was just thinking of the choreography and then like take those moments to look at who's next to you on stage or to soak it in because a lot of these people, they do the show one year and that's all they do. Some people do it year after year, but this may be the only, this will be the only time you dance with these people on this stage for this audience. And I think I experienced that when I was doing it professionally, but I appreciate it even more now. Like, soak this in because when you're like remembering your glory dance days like was I present did I actually like know how magical it was to do it or was I just thinking of my next job I was going to do or my fast change and I love and like when I talked to Savannah and Leah we were talking about how tired they were because of all the rehearsals but I go also there's that when I, when you have so much adrenaline when it when it comes down you like and just the emotional buzz of that it must have been so tiring to go we did it and I'm glad that you guys got a few days in between because you probably really needed it. I think on Sunday, we, we chatted on our WhatsApp group and we were like, are we all feeling like we've been hit by a bus? Or is it <laughs> but literally just because the full adrenaline from rehearsals, from TV being here, from all this excitement of Lido reopening. And after those three shows, Sunday was just like, wow, do we... There was a, a cool down moment and now we're ready. Um, we're ready to, to ready again. For, for the weekend. Yeah. I, let's go back to what it was like when you got hired. What was, did you have a private audition or had they done a big call for dancers to replace people? Uh, they, they did um, a public audition. So this was in September, 2019. Uh, I actually got some footage from the audition because we were, we were filmed. And um, so it was great to to have this uh, this had filmed by um, by a French TV, and uh, at the moment they were looking for um, a couple of bluebells, I think, just either to be on um, uh, short term contracts or to be replacements, and they were looking for people at the time. So I auditioned in September, and uh, Jane called me called me called me back in December. And I started uh, in January, so this was actually very quick. And uh, I had envisioned uh, at the audition, I thought it would be great to start 2020 on the Lido, Lido stage, and uh, it happened. So I was very, very excited about that. Yeah, because if that had been a few months after, you would never have had that opportunity. Do you remember the audition? Did you feel well prepared for it? Because you'd already been doing cabaret shows. You were a trained ballerina. You'd already had been doing... The I ship had shows. From, I had auditioned for the Lido before when I was younger. Uh, um, in total, I auditioned three times. So I think once when I was 20. And I do feel like I was fresh out of school. And it really depends for some people. Some people, when they're 20, they look very womanly and very confident. I think this was not my case. I think when I was 20, I look like I was 14 and maybe not as womanly as uh, can be expected to be um, to be on the little stage and, and a bluebell, and then I re-auditioned. I think when I was twenty-five, 
and I, I got to the end and um, I took with um, took with Jane and I think she was just like oh we, we, we did have a good feeling with you uh, keep on working and come back so I was like oh okay so maybe I still need more experience and to feel um, to feel uh, more confidence and after Nouvelle Eve, Nouvelle Eve was a good training uh, also because we were working the same six days a week uh, a hard show and uh, so I, we were throughout Nouvelle Eve, Nouvelle Eve season when uh, when Lido auditioned so I did feel like I was in a good good state mentally and physically and so this was the third time I auditioned I was 27 and this is uh, when I when I got in so actually yeah I heard like Alexandra said that a few people said that Nouvelle really prepared them and I also talked to quite a few people, I want to say Amy, that they were good dancers, but they were told they were too young because that really is a womanly show. Like, I feel like a lot of stuff in dance celebrates youth in a way that it's kind of a short lived career. But if you need to be more mature looking, also your, your career at 27, it, when I was doing the shows, I remember working with a 30 year old and thought she was a grandma. I thought she was so old. I, you're just told like, it's so short, but I love hearing that there's so many dancers I think because the maturity of the show too, it's like you have to earn the right, that womanly right to be on there, but they're not going to kick you out at 25 because you have to wait that long to even, to even get to that level of that classiness, that womanliness. And I also love that you came back because I think a lot of people get discouraged, like, oh, it's not for me or I'm not good enough. And then they don't come back and like you went and got all this experience and came back and, and knew you had to work for it where I think a lot of people it just could be easier to give up and think, take it personal or yeah exactly. no, it's not for me um i never thought it was a harsh no i just thought um life is is just how it's been for me it's just everything happens for a reason and in time um like i say some people enter uh lido moulin when they're 18 and maybe it's the right time for them um i am grateful now that i've been able to travel and i mm. feel like now is a good time to to be on stage at the lido so yeah, so I auditioned when I was 27, started when I was 28. Um, a year and a half has passed, so I've just turned 30 last week. And oh, I felt happy like, birthday. Ah, thank you. <laughs> and I just feel like now is the moment where I'm the most um, comfortable and feeling good in my life as a woman as, and as a dancer. Um, people think, because I know we, we only have those short careers, that everything needs to happen very short in between 20 and 25. So yeah. for those who might be listening, everything happens, happens in time. And for me, I find out that the years going from 25 to 30 were much more fulfilling. And, um, and I felt like I was where I was supposed to be in the right moment. And 30 and we can dance, some, some of the girls on stage are 40 and they look fabulous. Yeah, because everything happens in 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 its own time for everyone, and I do feel like now I'm even more grateful because there was other experiences before, and um, tough work also just to get there. Yeah. But now that now that I've, I'm here, I'm like, okay, well, ten years has, has passed since um, I graduated from the conservatory, and when I think about it, it's like, well, all the traveling, all the moving around, experience different companies. It's great to do it when we're young and where we can just switch, just be like, oh, I'm, 
I'm doing Giselle or was it Swan Lake in Germany <laughs> somewhere? And then I was just like, oh, I'm going to audition for a cruise ship because why not? Because we've got the time, we've got the, and everything's possible. So I'm really yeah. glad I did it this way. I know some, uh, some dancers do it the other way. They start at Lido for a couple of years. When they're 20, they stay two, three years. And then they want to go travel and experience different things. I did it the other way around. Yeah. When traveling yeah. oh, and now. And now I'm actually glad to be in Paris and maybe settling down in Paris, which is my, my hometown where I've got my friends and family. So all in all, it's so great. Sense. Yeah. You could be in your home country <laughs> at, at this, yeah, this place that a lot of people have as the pinnacle. And I also, I think like talking to some people, like I've done shows where the age range was more vast and the maturity backstage, because you get a lot of time backstage. And if you've got really image people it makes a difference on the energy of the cast like when you when you've got people that are a little more seasoned that have lived a little bit and then even just travel like all the experience that you bring to the backstage environment because I've been in shows where people were mature and it was fun and there's people that some shows I was on the cruise ship and you got 18 year olds that have never left home and they are like we're free and they're doing like they're drunk every night and they were just like I'm gonna live everything and you're like oh dear we have to almost babysit um, cause they were getting into trouble cause they were just free for the first time. Bless their heart. You know, it was really fun, but it was also exhausting. You know, when you've got people that are like how to, how to conduct yourself in public, <laughs> but I think, I think for Jane, it's a wisdom too, because you guys are in such, you're not just doing a show. You're doing all the promo stuff. You guys have so many extra things that you want people who are mature emotionally. Cause we don't mature like by 18, I think. And who know like, where oh. they are, who are comfortable with themselves, comfortable with speaking and uh, have experienced life and not just the dancer life, just life in general, because I do feel like um, everything, everything that happens in life also um, comes out on stage. Uh, uh. With so you can, you can tell and just by watching the woman on stage and if she's happy with her life and how she's going about herself and feeling confident and yeah so everything <sighs> everything just shines so I do understand like it's good to have I think there's a good a good amount of um, people with different age now between yeah. 20 and 40 so there's a, a big range and, and a good balance yeah those I'm young people bring my phone my my computer just coming back I think the young people do add, they add the new fresh energy, their excitement. Sometimes it's good for people who've been doing it that you, when you see the excitement of a young person, like, oh, that's right. This is exciting. Like you have to just remember like, oh, what was it like to be that young and so in awe of everything? So you went into the show to replace, did you have anybody else come into the cast with you or was it just you? Um, I came, uh, yeah, we were two, two girls to train to uh, be Bluebell's uh, replacement. And I think we did just maybe two weeks of just doing gigs here and there, but we were already there four or five days a week. And then um, I'm not sure where we came in. Um, uh, there was maybe an, one injury, uh, uh, one pregnancy. I think it was just a time of uh, also people being on sabbatical, so it just made sense to have um, uh, to have us start together and start together. And uh, even though we didn't finish this this uh, this contract because we were cut short, um, now we're back uh, we're back on stage. So, 
So you went in in January or get hired in January? Were you actually in the show in January? Uh, Both. So actually, um, I started rehearsals, I think, on the 2nd of January. Uh, Did two weeks and a half of rehearsal and was on stage. So this went, whoop, we need girls straight away. Get in there. Wow. uh, So you got to actually do the show for for a couple months to really feel it. Because you shared something before we recorded that I thought was really interesting too is you went in with just the two of you so you didn't rehearse with everybody because it is I went in as a replacement too like you're with your line captain mm-hmm. and they kind of throw you in there and then you figure your way around in the lodge or who you're because some people yeah. already have friendships but your second coming back to it was very different for you like can you share I, that it, it was very different first time around so we were just um Margot and I training with our blue bell captain and we had one rehearsal I think on our opening night with everyone which was yeah and um and then i got the chance to uh be um to start in one of the small lodges because you've got the big lodge in uh, the blue bell line and the small lodge and i was with leah and annabelle annabelle that i knew from before from nouvelle um so this was a great uh great way to to just start uh and get to know everyone i guess because then you can do it just by moving around, I'm in this one lodge, then in the second one, then in the big one. So I had the chance to to meet the whole cast throughout those uh, those couple of months, and then uh, now starting rehearsal with everyone. So we've rehearsed now for four and a half weeks all together. Um, it was great, uh, just because we're all together, all doing the warm up together, all rehearsals together, also having lunch, and it felt like a very very different way to get to know everyone in the different lines, in the blue bell lines, the bell lines, the sublime lines, and also the boys, just because uh, normally everybody's uh, spread out backstage. And for me, it was, it was great to, to have this time um, and just to get to know people better and not just on the show, show life, which is we come in, we do our makeup, our warm up, we crossed in the corridors, but just to have those laughs and and also with the energy of everyone so happy to being back. And uh, so I really enjoyed the, the, rehearsals, the rehearsals process to be with everyone and get to know them better. Yes. That's great. You got to experience it both ways. I came in as a replacement and I love interviewing people that were at the creation of the very beginning of a show because mm-hmm. their stories are different because they, especially if you work for Don Arden, he like yelled and screamed if you know his. <laughs> so they also went through the hard things together. So they bonded over creating a show together. Mm-hmm. And then also like, the end of a show when people end so there's just different things that bond a cast but I, I like that you got to do it both ways I actually got to do it both ways and well now we we also created a little bit of something which was not the creation of a full show but the creation of the new the new tableau unforgettable and this was also very exciting just to be part of this uh, creation pro- process and see uh, and see how it uh, it got um, fitted into the show so throughout this whole period I was like okay I started as a replacement then I started like okay it's a new start for everyone and then a bit of creation process process so this was great oh that's so cool yeah because that is new to everybody because nobody did those numbers before so everybody's at the same place learning something new that is from the past because I'm so excited for Jeremy's book to come out on the 75 year anniversary of the Lido and I've interviewed so many people from decades past. So I know for a lot of us, to, I wasn't in the show there. I did my show in America 
but people that got to wear those costumes to see those on stage, or they've at least seen the, the posters of those um, costumes is going to be so great that you're putting all the worlds together that way too. Like those that got to um, wear them or see them. And I always think, I don't know if you guys have the names written in the costumes. We used to have labels and then they would like take it up, but there's some costumes I've seen of shows I was in that they just scratch it out and like, there's so much history like in, oh, I love that. Like it's all the history that's in the tag. Now think of how many bluebells before you wore this, this costume. Exactly. Yeah, no, we, we did have that, but now all the dresses are starting just to put our names in, but sometimes you can just find an old number or an old name and it's just scratch down and be like, oh, this is the new person that will be wearing this costume. So oh. It's great. It's a great tribute, tribute to um, all those past costumes, all those feathers and all of the Lido history, which is all about those tall, tall women with those amazing feathers. And um, it's just a little bubble that I think people will be very excited to come and to come and watch and come and see. I'm so, so excited to see that. The history of, uh, of the Lido. Yeah. Well, cause it's interesting to see your cast wearing the feathers, like the one that Alexandra, I think Hillary, I've seen a few of them with the red, white, with the blue oh, yeah. in them. Because they, the show now doesn't have that many feathers. They have the, um, the beautiful pheasant, the, the kind of browns and blacks. Those are beautiful. And then the, the ones, blue, yeah. but you guys are like, didn't get, you didn't wear the amount of plumage and how heavy and when yes. you turn, you're, it's like almost like, I don't know, a Muppet. Like you turn and it keeps moving with you. Because, I, yeah, if you hadn't danced with things that big, it's probably like a wonderful experience for you to, for you guys to experience. Like It's a great experience. Um, in, the, in the new Tableau Unforgettable, uh, I do have a, a very huge one, a wheel that's, it's the biggest costume I've ever, I've ever worn. It's very heavy and um, it, it's great. It's just, all the history, um, so it's very exciting to wear. Those, those I'm so excited to see that. So can't wait for you to come and. I'm see so it. excited to see. I wore a wheel in the show I was in. We had the grand staircase, which this, it was. I mean, that stage to this date is the biggest uh, stage that the shows were ever on. It was this a giant stage? So the staircase was so tall, and I had a different costume before. But when they put me in the wheel, your hands go through it. So. I tripped a little bit. I'm like, there's no way you can put your hands down because they're in the wheel. So you would just have to catch the floor with your face. But it was like, the, it's such an honor to wear, but also like a responsibility. And like, there's just so much extra that you're carrying on your body mm -hmm. and it's worth a lot of money. And so there is like a reverence and, a, and also like, this is more dangerous than doing the can-can is parading around in these huge costumes that you can get hooked on something or you know you turn and your feathers come around like hit you like you just have to learn how to actually learn how to move the feathers instead of the, the feathers move you so I don't know if that was like when you put those on because you guys hadn't been wearing that many big backpacks before this right yeah no true um I did wear some big backpacks uh for other shows other companies uh like I said even in small places sometimes people would be very surprised because they do have those uh, those big costumes, those big big hats, which I think is even more impressive when when it's on a smaller stage. Because obviously you just need three four girls with those amazing ones. It just fills the entire stage. So um, I had the chance to wear some, but I think it's also different because some of the costumes we've had now um, from the unforgettable tableau 
are also very old ones. And we can tell now, uh, even now when we wear the opening costumes uh, in Paris Merveille, they're so light, they're so different. They were made differently back then. So I do have a lot of respect <laughs> for my former bluebells who worn those very heavy hats and very heavy feathers. So yeah, a lot yeah. of us have shorter necks than we started out with from. <laughs> so, so as we're wrapping it up, um, what you've gone through with COVID, is there anything that feels like it changed you from when you did the show before and what you're coming back with? I would say um, the appreciation of my job and just the, the feeling of uh, how lucky we are to be on stage and on this beautiful stage that is just part of French history. Uh, even, even though I'm French, I felt like my dance career has been so smooth and it went very easily for me for the last couple of years, just to have this away then I, I even feel more grateful to be back on stage and especially on the leader stage. That would be oh, such a good way to end. I, cause I, it just hit me too, because that is your culture. Cause if you're from Australia, you get to be a part of French culture of the history, but for you to actually be not even just French, but Parisian, like this is your culture that you are getting to do. So I don't know. That feels doubly sweet to me. Yeah, it's true. I'm so, People you know, often this is very funny because in the in the cast of Paris Merveille, a couple of people asked me they were like, "Oh, so you're French, but where are you from?" And uh, I said, "I'm I'm Parisian. I've lived there uh, most of my life." And they're like, "You're too nice to be a Parisian." <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I said, "It's just I love the city and I love the French history. I'm still amazed when I walk and see the Eiffel Tower, and I think." It should be the, the same when we go on stage every night. And I do hope it's not just because of COVID, but definitely open our eyes. Well, it opened mine. I felt very lucky, lucky to be on the Lido stage as it's such, um, how do you say? Uh, a, oh, I'm trying to find my words. Uh, the process to get in, um, in terms of how physically, mentally you need to be and well, it's all about hard work and also, I guess, uh, good timing and, and chance. But yeah, just to, to be to be on stage, uh, on this beautiful stage, it's just every night. Uh, now I'm thinking I'm so lucky to be there. And I'm French, I'm Parisian, and I'm going to carry this legacy with me. And uh, for the people who are coming, we're just very proud to be on stage. And uh, especially with this show. So yeah, definitely I hope. And I hope that people that are coming out to also theaters and, and shows at the moment, because they've been de deprived of it for the last year and a half, that the energy and uh, the urge they have now to see shows and go out, that this is gonna keep lasting. I guess in a couple of years, people will have forget, but in the back of our minds, I do hope people see how, how life was. And now that we should still enjoy going out, being with our friends and family and have the chance to see live performances. I do hope it stays and it's, um, it's just not the after COVID, but it's gonna, that it's gonna stay for, for a couple of years with us. Oh, 
that's such a good way to end because <laughs> I've yeah. I wondered like do they get tired of seeing the beauty of Paris if you're from there like you wonder sometimes because when you travel to Paris there's things you've always seen in movies and you see it and it's overwhelming but I love that you live there and you don't take it for granted because I live in Washington state and I didn't appreciate as much now that I go, I live by Mount Rainier. I go hiking all the time. Like, how did I not appreciate? And I love where I live, but I think it's new. And it's like, it's not like you go somewhere else to see the beauty, like where you live, maybe to see it different, but it sounds like you've already always done that. I think for this, I was, uh, I'm quite a positive person and just, just, uh, yeah, sometimes it's, I just uh, look at because I'm on the seventh floor now in my apartment, so I've got a view of the the rooftops of Paris, and it oh. doesn't get old. I have oh. to say, it's just every day I'm just like, oh, I'm so lucky to be here. And Paris is a beautiful city. I've been traveling. Um, I've had a great time. Germany has amazing places to visit. Uh, England as well, and throughout the cruise ships um, tour, world tour I've done, I've seen a lot but Paris is, is still beautiful and we should not take it for granted. Definitely, mm, That's so good. Cause when you travel and come back and love the place that you left instead of like, and eh, I've outgrown it. It's wonderful that you, it's not, you're comparing it to so much other beauty. It's not just like people who've never left and don't know what else is out there. So that's wonderful to come home and see the beauty and Paris is exquisite. And I'm going to come in the spring and I'm going to see the show and I'm going to be so excited and I would love to see you all in person, but I'm so happy for you, especially every time I interview someone to hear their character, it just makes it even more, makes me more happy for you. And also I think I'm going to love the show even more knowing like all the beautiful character of the people on that stage is going to be even more exciting. A lot of emotions for you, a lot of emotions for us. And we'll go go out and celebrate all together. That would Absolutely. Be <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I'm so happy for you and get some rest before you do it again. And I'm going to keep following the journey and I'm excited to share your photos. You've got some incredible photos and that's, that's the fun part for all of us to hear the interviews, but also see the photos of, of the beauty of what you're part of. Amazing. Great. So take care of yourself. I'm so happy that you're back up there and it was a delight to get to talk to you. Thank you, Sherry. Thank you for this interview. This was great. Thank you. Bye.